Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Sebastian Maniscalco. Good to be on the score. I mean, I've been a score guy ever since in the 90s listening to you guys. You know, now with the Bears, I don't know what the hell's going on. Afternoons on the score. To be honest, I mean, that's, that's why I wanted to win that game so bad because you kind of felt it from Atlanta, and, and I was really hoping to carry that last game out. But, uh, you know, that's one of those things you learn, like, we're just not there yet. Um, and we got to continue to get to a point where we take that next step and continue to add players and, and put our stuff in that, that position um, but yeah I know how much that means to this city you know and this team um, and we got to take the steps necessary to get that done when you say you're not there yet where are you trying to get to what, what is not there at this time that, that's not there yet yeah I mean when you look at the really where we started and it's continuing to add playmakers that can take us to the next level um, I know self-reflecting for both of us like there's places where I, I want to continue to be better adding to the roster there's places where coaches you know, want to do a better job finishing or putting our guys in a better situation to be successful. So it's really a holistic. We're all looking at where we can close the gap on that. Hmm. That's Ryan Poles today. We're not there yet. Why are you raising your eyebrows? That was really interesting. Talking about the Green Bay game. We're not there yet. We all saw it. Not good enough. Need to add players and playmakers. Then the Dan Weederer follow-up gets him to say playmakers and also coaches being putting them in the position. Now that could all just be general, but it, that sounded like build around fields and get him a good offensive coordinator. T leaves for a second there. Oh, I don't know. man. Did you not hear it that way at all? <laughs> oh God. No part of you? I, oh, Why don't you save it till after you hear this next part? Am, am I crazy? Uh, let's uh, I, Tanny? I, I, well, you called it what a Rorschach test, right? Yes. Like, like you're going to hear what you want to hear. See what you want to see. The, the firing is it. And the whole situation is still a Rorschach test. Okay. Cause you put out the poll. Tell people about your poll. Uh, but, uh, okay. <laughs> am I allowed to tell people about my poll? Uh, <laughs> so before, and then we are going to play this but it was basically do you think that firing Getsy and keeping Eberflus makes it more me makes it more likely that Justin or Kayla that Justin Fields is here or not here next year and it was basically 50 50 I think right now it's 52 48 Justin so it is people are split on what this news means but here we go Mark Rohde in 30 minutes who was there for all of it this is mostly Ryan Poles some Matt Eberflus on the quarterback situation, the coordinator situation, making a call to Jim Harbaugh. Tanny's been listening to the whole thing. Here is the the nuts and bolts, the the meat of it, if you will. Um, in terms of our process, I know there's going to be a lot of questions on Justin. There's going to be a lot of questions on the draft process. Um, we are in information gathering mode right now. Um, we are going to turn every to- every stone to make sure that we are going to make a sound decision for our organization. Um, I did think Justin got better. Um, I think he can lead this team. Um, but at the same time, there's a unique situation where I have to look and our staff has to look at everything. Um, and that's exactly what we're going to do. And that's the same with free agency. We're going to uh, you know, look at our free agents, get with my personnel staff, do evaluations, and again, make the, the best decision we can for this organization to take the next step. Ryan, you were in a situation last year where you had Justin and you had the number one pick. 
What's different this year now that you've had an extra year to evaluate Justin and the quarterback prospect class might be a little bit different this year? Yeah, it's. It, I'll actually go back to, to last year, you know, and I got to stay open-minded about it, but I really, not to use the same quote, but when I say I need to be blown away, it's, it's the same stuff because, you know, seeing the things that Justin did this year, um, his ability to make plays, um, Coach talked about some of those improvements, keeping his eyes down the field, taking less sacks, um, see a lot of growth there where he can continue to get better. So um, I'll have the same mindset. Someone needs to really show that they, you know, can – and it's not just the film. Like, I need the person. Like, there's a, a whole process here that we have to figure out. Um, but what we're going to do is, is do what's best for the organization. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, similar situations in terms of the trade back. And i got to weigh all of those things to see what's going to help our team take the next step. Ryan, Ryan what, what did C.J. Stroud do this season that maybe would have been hard to foresee last spring? Um... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to get into other teams' players, um, but really happy with his, his progress that he's made and he's done a nice job for them. Matt, when, you're, when you're doing the offensive coordinator search, how do you find somebody who's both equipped to be the to get the most out of Justin Fields, but is also equipped to develop a number one draft pick or, or a rookie quarterback? What do you guys? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question, and and uh, I think the the, uh, the offensive coordinator and really any good coach knows how to uh, adjust and adapt to. Uh, the play caller or the signal or the quarterback, uh, because uh, you have injury, right? You have changes. You have, you see it during the course of the year. How many backups played this year? You got to adjust uh, your scheme to fit the quarterback, you know, and the skill set that you have available to you, be that quarterback or receiver or tight end, and the adaptability to be able to do that during the course of a season is huge. Um, you know, so that, that that would be the thing. Is Justin's unique skill set add any layer to that limitation? I don't know if it's limitation or just a challenge. Because his skill set is just different than a lot of other quarterbacks. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Matt, what right. was your decision to move on from? Yeah, so you mentioned development, but can you expand on that? Yeah, just uh, you know the growth and development of the of the offense. You know, to me, uh, needed to be uh, better than what it was. And uh, you know, to me, you know, you look at the passing game. Certainly, that's one aspect of it, and uh, that that's where it is. And uh, we decided to move on uh, from that. And again, that was my decision. Um, obviously, conferring with uh, you know Ryan and George and Kevin, and, and uh, we made a decision this morning. Ryan, Ryan, how does the reset at offensive coordinator at Ryan impact? your view of Justin and his future here? Yeah, I got a lot of faith in the process that we're going to get kicked off in terms of finding the right fit. And we talked about it a little bit, but the ability to be uh, adaptable to the talent that you have is critical. I think Matt hit it, and we saw it across the league. Um, there's some teams that actually got better with some a lot of changes. Um, if you don't have the ability to adapt and adjust to the talent that you have at that position, it makes it really hard. So that's going to be a part of our, our process. Ryan, as you look at the quarterback decision you have to make, is there a world where you can draft a quarterback with the number one pick and keep Justin? Or are you of the belief that that's an untenable situation and you have to be one of the other? Yeah, so my brain has gone crazy all year just thinking about the f- – just a million different scenarios, uh, and I'm sure that's that's one of them. Um, I'll just stay very wide open with uh, the different paths that we can go, and as we collect information, if that close, you know, closes some of those um, those pathways down, then we'll do that. Move to the other ones, but I'm going to be wide open about this. Right. If you weren't blown away by C.J. Stroud, what is your standard that's going to allow you to find a quarterback who might be better than Justin Fields? I know you don't want to talk about the evaluation, but the evaluation of Stroud that you had is key because 
gives fans an indication of just how good you are at evaluating quarterbacks in an important decision. Absolutely. Um, so there's a lot of it. There's, you know, the player aspect in terms of the human being and the leadership and uh, their maturity, and that's the human part. And then there's the tape. And we'll go through the tape and we'll look at, you know, processing and accuracy and all of those things to make sure they're on point to feel the best. Uh, there are situations where you go to and you develop um, and you may uh, overcome some of the shortcomings that you had in college. Um, there's situations where it's the, you know, the group around you that elevates you. Um, and the other thing, too, is like I would also, you know, have a little card like you got the sample size to be blown away like in the NFL like you got to stack year after year after year so um, historically we'll look at those quarterbacks that have been able to be productive for a long period of time and kind of mirror that and compare that to some of the guys in the draft stop it stop it I mean yes I am hearing exactly what I want to hear but he's saying there that Stroud didn't have enough of a body of work and at Ohio State You've got dudes that are being the, they're the best in the Big Ten. They're being drafted into the NFL right fields. Four of his five offensive linemen drafted into the NFL. His running back in the NFL. His tight end in the NFL. His top four receivers in the NFL, including three of the four, four of the four first-round picks, right? He didn't play a ton with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jamison Williams, but he did play with them some. And the guys he threw the ball most to are Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Whereas Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy... Heisman Trophy, Oklahoma, Red River Shootout, comes in his first game at Oklahoma, transfers, only first-round pick he plays with at USC is Jordan Addison for one year. People saying, Parkins, why do you like Caleb and not Justin? Caleb's a better prospect. Like he, he, the, the level of production, yes, he didn't have like all of the wins at anything, but neither did Pat Mahomes, neither did Josh Allen. Like Caleb, he had Lincoln Riley, but he was doing more with less. He was not surrounded by a ton of NFL talent. So when he's saying there, uh-huh. the group around you, does that elevate you or do you elevate the group? That strikes me as a thing that would be an endorsement of Caleb Williams to I, me. I'm, I'm not going to fight that or disagree with that. Uh, one thing while we're stopped, while he was talking about the offensive coordinators a minute or so ago and how the OC that they get has to be able to adjust and adapt to the quarterback. And he, was at, he mentioned, you know, there are a lot of teams around the NFL that got better with a lot of changes. And I'm thinking, hmm, Bills, when they fired uh, the offensive coordinator, Dorsey, and Josh Allen started running a lot more. Yeah. And Browns with Stefanski. Who I run, wrote down the Browns, right? too. So you got, you got two teams that changed either OC or quarterback, and you got to be able to adapt with a style. And Getsy didn't do that enough for them. Yeah, I wrote down Browns because, I mean, that's four different quarterbacks. Right. You know right. what I mean? So that, that's the, so, so, so where you and I were going in terms of somebody like Bevel or somebody like Reich, who's worked with a bunch of different quarterbacks, different styles, I think could make uh, a lot of sense. Yep, and we'll do that as we go through our offensive coordinator list. Uh, let's go back to, to Poles and Eberflus. I feel you misevaluated Stroud, and, and did that teach you anything about the evaluation process that he was so good this year with a team that's very similar to what you had? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so at all. I think you have to take in what's best for your team. Um, so when you look at that situation and how it ended up playing out, to have DJ, to have uh, Darnell, to have Stevenson, to have the first overall and the second uh, next year, I feel like that's the best forward. This won't be your first time on a deep dive of a quarterback draft class. What do you envision as the, the, the most important parts of this next 10 to 12 week process as you do your homework on the entire class? And what have you learned through experience about how you vet that that group? Good person. Um, that's the biggest the biggest part. I got a lot of confidence in our ability to see talent on the field. Uh, the human being, we got to figure out 
um, this, especially be a quarterback in, in this city, you got to have it right. You got to have toughness to you. You got to have mental toughness. You got to be able to block things out. Um, so really, I, I got to find out about the human beings. What are the key? So hang on, because Caleb detractors are going to hear that and say, man, Poles is going to do a deep dive and he better be convinced. And I understand that he better be convinced. Yeah, There's a ton of noise around Caleb and we don't know if any of it's true. You know, like, honestly, like, does him crying in the stands, does him painting his nails, does the comment from his dad to GQ have anything to do with how he actually feels and what he might do? Right. Because then there's you can find a million stories, by the way, on the Internet of Caleb Williams gifting Beats by Dre headphones to the soccer team and the basketball team. And he goes to the Boys and Girls Club every week. I know. But but then I could show you his his team after the bowl game when they played without him saying, finally, we're a team. One guy running out and no one has. been able to get on the record whether or not that's about the quarterback because then i could show you a video from that bowl game of him on the sideline right. with 30 dudes coming over to him so, and him, him hugging the quarterback who scored six touchdowns in the game and them having this great embrace point is the guy who's clearly the number one talent at quarterback has a ton of personal questions and when asked directly what are you most interested in finding out he says the person right because the tape is undeniable uh let's get back to it components of that what, what will you do to learn wiring of all these guys spend time uh reach out to the, the people that spent a lot of time with them through over the years um and then i always feel like if you can sit down and, and look someone in the eyes and, and spend time with them, ask them the right questions uh, you can learn a lot Given the history of this team the last decade or so where there have been coaches who have inherited quarterbacks and quarterbacks who have gone on to coaching staffs that are that did not draft them, how do you break that cycle this time around? Yeah, um, when you look at the interview process, just bringing in the right people, like I said, that can adapt and adjust and, and put players in the best position to be successful. Um, and then again, getting the, the players right in terms of the skill and the, the leadership and the person uh, their character, getting that right. If you get those right, uh, I'm not I'm not worried about you know the history of different things. It's a different situation. This is to me this roster's built on a really solid ground. So um, it's a little bit different of a, of a situation in my mind. Ryan, you guys, you guys start to fill out the various positions, a bunch of them on offense. Have any concern that outside perception could be Matt's going to be entering a win now? in 2024 situation? No, I don't. I think they're going to look at the roster and see there's a lot of uh, young, talented players on the roster that they really want to work with. That are, It's going to elevate um, that platform and elevate our team to be a championship-caliber team. And when you win championships, there's a lot of real cool things that happen with everybody. So I think they're going to see that as a good opportunity. Right. Even if your evaluation has you leaning towards staying with Justin, could a team propose a trade deal that blows you away and, and still cause you to move on from him? Um, it's a tough hypothetical. I mean, for what happened last year, I didn't see it to be, you know, for it to turn out the way that it did. So, again, I got to stay open-minded. Um, but it's hard to kind of work that hypothetical in my mind, come up with, like, a fake trade that would do that. It's it's tough. But, um, again, I got to stay open-minded. Man, Ryan, did you, you, you assess that the new offensive coordinator keeps Chris Morgan and Jim Dre, the two assistants? Yeah, like I said, uh, Chris Morgan and Dre are on staff. Yeah, but will you insist that is Chris Morgan going to be here next season no matter who you hire at offensive coordinator? Will that coordinator? Yes, he yes, he's being retained. Yes, sir. Ryan, did, did you talk to Jim Harbaugh or his agent? And if not, why not? No. 
I haven't talked to Jim. Brian, why? Why is this? Coach from Michigan. Sorry. Right. Did, did you? He was not a consideration. You know, you did not see him as a. No, like I said, we're we're going with Matt, and uh, I gave you the reasons why. Um, to go through, you know, I didn't I didn't go talk to anybody. I mean, stop it! Obviously, I, that's freaking it, criminal, it, man. It, it, it doesn't. It if def- it's true, it's criminal. Right. It 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 almost has to be a lie. It almost has to be. I don't know, man. It's only two days after. I it, you, well, know, you, you mean after the national championship? It's, yep. Because I mean, yesterday would have been the only day that it would be appropriate to call Jim Harbaugh. Right. Right. So, he wins the national championship Monday. This happens Wednesday. Yesterday's the only day. It, you can't call him Monday. That's inappropriate. You can't reach out to him before he has a job. He's coaching for the national championship. The only day it's appropriate to do it is yesterday. To not do your due diligence and call the former Bear who just won a national title and see if he wants to try and win a Super Bowl for his former team it, would be absolutely criminal. And we have to take him at his word, which means I feel like we have to crush him for his word. Because that, se- that just seems ridiculous to me. It, you know, so, like... What if Kyle Shanahan wanted to coach here? You know, would you? Would He's you, the coach of the 49ers. <laughs> you know, like, we like, haven't talked to him. I'm just curious. You know, yeah. where, where does it where does it stop? Um, so that. I mean, he's got he's got Matt Eberflus right next to him. So that's what that's what I'm wondering. I'm, I'm wondering if it is. And like, did Kevin Warren call him? Like, like Tanny, you listen to the whole thing. Was did Ke- was Kevin Warren asked if he called Harbaugh? I can't. I can't verify that. I haven't listened to all of Kevin Warren. I think okay, the, I'll the, ask. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm at, I got a list of questions for Grody, who was there for the whole thing. I guess like a call, I, 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 a call from Kevin Warren to Don Yee. That's what I'm wondering. Would would render this Q and A much less meaningful? That's what I'm wondering, right? I'm, I'm wondering if there, if he, if, I did not call anybody. I wanted it to be Matt, but hey, Kevin, that's kind of why you're here, right? Like, yep. we've talked about this before. Yep, we have agents because we can't reach out to people. Right, you know, there's like, there's workarounds for this stuff. Like that's that I I, I, wa- see I wonder if there's some sleight of hand happening there because they retained Matt Eberflus and he wants to make him feel. Good. My anger will be satiated if there was a Kevin Warren call to either Harbaugh or Dunye. But my guess is we're just not going to know that because of how much that would cut out Matt Eberflus's legs. So they're going to just have to live with the bad press that they're deservedly going to get for not even exploring if Jim Harbaugh wants the job. And if Harbaugh comes out and says, "Hey, you know, I wanted to go to the Bears, but they never called." Then they just get skewered for it. Let, let's go back to the presser. Where do you still want to see growth? Um, still see growth. You know the two minute, two minute part. Uh, that's a critical part that we got to continue to get better at um, because that's where you win games um, and more games, close games. Um, and a lot of times when you look at the playoffs and, and championships, that's that's where you close it out. So that's that's one big part. Brian, you mentioned how tough it is to be the quarterback, let alone the Chicago Bears with everything that goes with it. Yeah. Why, why do you think that? And do you think, just from your experience around the league, this is the toughest place to be the quarterback? Yeah, listen, anytime you have a passionate fan base, um, there's pressure to be the best and and to get over the hump and, and, and carry that team to the, to the next level. Um, I think this fan base is, is dying for, you know, that guy to do that. And, um, yeah, that's part of living in the big city. It's part of being a head coach in a big city, a gym in a big city. you got to have thick skin and uh, be able to block out the noise and go to work regardless of the ups and downs. And uh, your family's got to do that too. Um, but uh, you want people that want to take on that challenge. Matt, when you hired other guests, you said it was because you had studied offensive systems and that was the toughest one to defend. Is there a system that, that you want to go to 
now that's the same or different? Uh, what, what sort of style do you want in a new office? Yeah, I think we have an open mind. You know, you have an open mind and listen to these candidates and, and do a really good job of uh, pulling that information and gathering it and then also making good decisions to who we hire. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it, and uh, I'm excited about getting that going. What do you want to be good at offensively? It depends on who's available for the skill, right? You know, what, you know who's available for that game. I think you have to be multiple that way. Um, and who you playing? You know, is the team really good at stopping the run? And you're going to have to find other ways to uh, move the ball down the field. And I think that's what we're talking about, the multiplicity uh, of being able to, to uh, bend and adjust um, not only, you know, before the game, but also in game. Do you think it's harder to have the number one pick this year than last year in terms of value? Do you think that is going to be worth more if you were to trade it, that you would get more in return for it than you did last year? It's hard to tell right now. Um, you've all been a part of the draft coverage. Things change quick. Um, some of the mocks that you see now are probably not right, right? So that changes the whole dynamic. So um, it's tough to answer that question. But I, I think the first pick's always going to be in demand. How much, I don't know. You guys talk about playing the long game and doing these things the right way, uh, but also raising the standard. I'm, I'm just curious, if you have a rookie quarterback in here next year, does that change the calculus with the win-loss record standards, knowing, okay, we got a new guy in here? Yeah, if that's the direction that it plays out, I think there's enough support to continue to rise up um, and have a young quarterback. Obviously, you know, when you look at, you know, bringing in the staff, you know, that development plan is going to be critical. When you look at a, a quarterback development plan, what gives you your confidence in Matt to oversee a plan and a staff that no matter who's playing quarterback, there will be a, a developmental plan that takes them to their maximum level? Yeah, just like I talked about, um, it starts with the leadership piece. It starts with with uh, his knowledge of the game um, and then the ability to, you know, hire coaches to make sure we have a really good process and we, we bring in the right types of people that can can put those plans together um, to help our guys take that next step. And if it's a young quarterback, then that's what it is. If it's to continue to elevate Justin, that's going to be a big part too. All right, so hold on. So Burnsy's going to lose his mind over that answer because it's about his leadership, okay, and it's about his uh, ability to hire coaches on the day that you just fired one of his coaches, the offensive coordinator, and yet you believe in his ability to hire coaches when you uh, just fired I, his guy. I agree with that being ridiculous yes. and logically inconsistent. And if you're not calling Jim Harbaugh and you're retaining Eberflus and you're citing stuff like that, is that the real answer or is it, I like the guy, the culture and vibes in the building are pretty good, and oh yeah, by the way, he's got two years left on his gig. Yeah, I wouldn't have included the part about him believing in his ability to hire coaches. Yeah. Uh, you said that you're going to look at all the options as it pertains to the number one pick. Are you? Can you say definitively is number one pick for the right price for sale? Uh, again, I'll, I'm wide open to anything. So if someone wants to call me with an idea, that's fine. I'm, I'm open to. It. Are you follow? Are you hoping to follow the same timeline? I know going into the combine last year, it was made known that, that it would be it would be available. Someone wanted to pay for it. Um, do you hope to have that same timeline by the end of February? It depends on what factors are in it, but. Um, in my mind right now, this, I'm going to take this all the way to April. Ryan, to, to clarify, when you were talking about the quarterbacks earlier and you said with all four guys, are you referring to the four quarterbacks you're expecting to be first-round guys at first-round grades? That's it. You said four guys. Did you be referring to anybody in specific with that? No, I didn't think I said four. I did. I did. You know, is that related to people, like guys who have first-round grades or in your mind? No, there's more than that right now, but... 
Ryan, I'll say that I misspoke. Uh, Ryan, at this point, have you decided whether or not to pick up the fifth-year option for, for Justin? No. Like I said, I'm going to – we got time before we got to do that. So there's a lot of phases there, and, uh, again, we'll, we'll make the best decision. I mean, that's that's a that's a question that had to be asked today, but that was a zero percenter like that. They were going to tip their hand on that one, uh, given that that deadline is after the draft. That, that's a May deadline, but the draft is in April. And he says, you know, take this up until April. I think, again, you could accuse me of this as me hearing what I want to hear. But like that also is because trading Justin is going to likely come with some draft picks attached to it. You know what I mean? So like you might. You might trade Justin the day of the draft for a pick this year or for a draft pick next year. Like a, tw- a 20, sure. you know what I mean? So he can't, he can't, it's as opposed to last year where I think it was a much, much more likely given that Justin was only in year two that he was through two years that he was going to stay with Justin. Yeah. That it was, it was much easier for him to trade that pick in March yeah. as opposed to April. And and last year we were looking at all you know the timing of historic draft picks because we were <laughs> pretty damn sure that he was going to trade that pick. This year, no, I think it I think it will go all the way up uh, until April unless he finds people fighting for fields earlier than that as opposed to fighting for the pick. It would be people fighting for Justin. It's funny, man, like this is making people angry. Like if you are on team draft the quarterback and trade Justin or or if you're on team Justin and trade the pick, both options, I think, lead the Bears in a direction of being a pretty good team. And you could probably win with both directions. Like if you trade and you draft Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, right, like all pro left tackle, all pro receiver, you're, you're in good shape. And if Caleb is Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, you're in really good shape. What if I could draft Von Miller? And Debo Samuel. Uh, that, that's what I'd like to do with those two top ten picks if I'm keeping. It, if you're keeping. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So one offense, one defense. Yeah. yeah. G- give me, give me that, that electric edge rusher to make Montez sweat. Yeah. Not the lone wolf that, over there. That is obviously a massive premium position but, of need. But it, it, it's fascinating because the fact that this move and this press conference does not tilt the fields keepers or the fields traders in one direction or the other, even in terms of prognostication is the headline to come out of the day for me. Yeah. I, and that doesn't surprise me because people, people are real emotional with the Justin's popular. He should be, he's likable. He's good. He's exciting. All of those things. It's just not the number one pick in the draft, at least to this observer. Mark Rohde was there for all of it. What was said Kevin Warren, body language, things off to the side. He paints the picture. This should be one hell of an explosive Bears report. Next on The Score.